Ryan, I want to tell a story about the greatest show I've ever been to, the greatest music show I've ever been to. Concert. Um, concert, yeah. Greatest concert you I've ever been to. You haven't been to a Tall Boys concert, so... I have not seen... Podcast over. The above average height boys play yet but i'd like to global uh, average considered <laughs> slightly one standard deviation above. little old man boy uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right so it's spring break 2010 I think of this as a summer story for some reason. Um, sophomore year of college. Mm. Um, this is a story that uh, is, I, the whole thing is with Andrew from the longboarding story. So this is Ooh. just another story about Andrew him. and I in, in college together. So so many um, great stories you two have. I also have good <laughs> stories with my friend, you Craig. <laughs> You slid into the picture eventually. <laughs> you were you were gone at this point in time. You were not in Texas, right? Yeah, that's, that's true. I was I was floundering up north. <laughs> All right. So every um, spring break for us uh, happened to line up with South by Southwest, the music yeah. festival in Austin. And I have been to Austin City Limits. I've been to South by Southwest. I've been to South by Southwest. Five times. I prefer South by Southwest personally. I think it's Ooh. like, yeah, it's They're indie, very different. Very different. It's smaller scale, uh, indie artists, cheaper, um, and it lined up with our spring break in college. So it was just kind of something that like Andrew and I did. Uh, so you have a question? I was just going to con- contextualize for anyone. Yeah, like yeah, South yeah. by is more decentralized. It's like all over the city. ACL is more of like a traditional enclosed. Coachella-like music festival, so they're very different vibes. Exactly, ACL, what more well attend, more well attended than South by Southwest? Oh, South South by Southwest is also like a film and technology summit mm-hmm. now. Like it's expanded so much, so it's they're kind of apples and oranges to some degree. But I think the important thing with South by is that you can attend like single shows easier because mm-hmm. they're at different venues, whereas. At ACL, it's like, hey, do you want to go to the Bud Light stage to see Mumford and Sons? It's like yeah. a very different, totally different experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I've seen like, and we all we never did the wristband. We always did the yeah. like individual shows, and and that yeah. was fine for us because we would go for you know half a day or whatever, and then do something right. else, and then go the next day. But I saw some big acts. I saw the Strokes at South by Southwest for the first time. Awesome. I saw. Um, uh, Rogue Wave uh, mm, ran into Matthew McConaughey once on the streets. Shut of the front door. What? You say what up, or you just kind of look at it? Just all right, all right, all right, and we just moved on, and that was it. <laughs> I, I didn't say anything to him. Okay. I did see him. I did see him though. Saw Bill Murray once. He's um, crazy. You run into crazy people in Austin. Anyway, yeah. so then I saw night- Joe Rogan at Whole Foods actually during South by. No way. Yeah, we did DMT together by the kale. Oh my god! <laughs> no, well, the first half of that is true, but <laughs> okay. Uh, we, so, the, we were not by the kill. <laughs> uh, so South by Southwest lines up a spring break. We're gonna go see all these shows. We're gonna. Andrew is from a town called Luling, which is 
uh, very 30 minutes from Austin, uh, small town. So we were going to go stay with his parents, sleep there, you know, drive in to the city for the day, drive back, that sort of thing. Um, I can't remember if Uber was a thing at this point in time, but I think it was just starting. Yeah. And it wasn't like we were planning on Ubering. I think one day his parents actually dropped us off and then like picked us up or something, just like high schoolers. <laughs> There's grapes in the bag. <laughs> Drop me at the mall, mom. Uh, <laughs> Drop me off a, a block around the mall. I don't yeah, want anyone yeah, to see you. So we're going to this, you know, music festival. It's a week long music festival. We're going for three or four days. It's maybe Monday or Tuesday of spring break. And before we go, though, we realized that Rogue Wave, um, a band that that we love, Ryan, that I'm, I know you loved at the time, yeah, um, was because this is like Permalite was what 08. so this is like right when the Permalite record dropped, still really hot yeah. at this time in 2010. <laughs> a little synthy added a, a little brightness little, to little it, little synth pop, but an indie indie pop staple for sure. Absolutely. Um, we find out that they're going to they're going to play Warehouse Live on like Ooh, mon- on like Monday in night Houston in Houston right so uh, yeah call my it- first concert ever at Warehouse Live Arctic Monkeys I smelled like pure cigarettes by the time I left I didn't no smoke way. For the record, they played but- Warehouse Live I love it yeah and you could still smoke inside it was like. I probably it was like in the miniseries Chernobyl. I ended up looking like one of those miners. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen Chernobyl, such a specific reference. <laughs> I'm spelling miner M I N E R. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All moving right, on. So yeah, Warehouse Live uh, is where the show is going to be, which I would later play with my band in college. That's which so was true. Fun. That's sick. Um, so I have like a deep love for this specific stage. I've seen a lot of bands there played in this venue. It's a great, I I love this venue personally. I actually prefer it to house of blues. House of blues is going to pull in some bigger acts. I think we saw Jimmy world at house of blues together. You and I, yeah, no, this might be Andrew. I've seen, I don't know if we saw it together. We saw like death cab at house of blues together. That's right. That's right. I saw, um, the futures reunion or the not reunion, but Jimmy world did a futures tour where they played the whole record. Right. Um, I think at house of blues. Anyway, all that to say we're at warehouse live and there's, I mean, you know what it's like. It's like, it's not as nice as house of blues. It's gritty. It's still pretty. It's nice. It's good. It pulls in good bands and, uh, but there's no like seating or, you know, anything. It's just yeah. like your basic kind of bare bones. I'm trying to remember like even just like the bathroom. I remember just like covered with like flyers and like, yes, yeah, had that kind of like, not quite a grunge, like appeal, but like just a, just a shade of grunge on this. Yeah. Place. You would get COVID from washing your hands at warehouse For live. Sure. <laughs> it's not quite like, it's not quite like Fitzgerald status, which like a night I was there, a guy like got thrown down the stairs and like almost died. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's like, it's like a good in between of like Fitzgerald's and house of blues. So, yeah. um, we're going to see rogue wave. We're super excited. And, and now it's become like a serious week of music because it's like, you're going to go see one of your favorite bands the night before you leave for a music festival. It's like yeah. kind of a, like, it's like, I will always remember this week. Cause this is like, like a college, any college students like dream. Yeah. Um, and we go in, you know, everyone's amp. The place is packed. It's like probably the most packed I've seen warehouse live, um, to see rogue wave. Yeah. The headliner and the opener comes out and I mean, this could be just a whole show about like opening what it's like to open or like the experience of seeing people open. Um, and it's this guy who's alone 
who looks like a Calvin Klein model. So immediately we hate him. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, you know how to play the acoustic guitar and you're good looking. Yeah. It's not, it's too much. It's too many good yeah, things. No sympathy yeah. for this guy and his sadness. <laughs> exactly. And this guy rolls out, looks like a Calvin Klein model shirt unbuttoned just down to his waist and everyone's into it. I mean, this guy is just, and he, he, all he has is an acoustic guitar. That's it. Naturally. And no, I mean, this place is packed. There's no seating. And this guy comes out with just an acoustic guitar. The band Rogue Wave headlining is not an acoustic band. They're not even right. like band of horses type band, which is like semi acoustic. Rogue Wave is like a rock, an indie rock band, like pop rock so they're gonna have like a they we know they're gonna have a full setup because there's drums and keys and guitar everything's already set up and this guy comes out solo guitar and i'm immediately like worried i'm like this guy's gonna get destroyed you know i'm worried for him a little bit i've i've been there Just like too many dusty times. dinkleman <laughs> it's like he has when jamie fingers. smiles <laughs> I've I've been in this guy's shoes many a times with the shirt unbuttoned down to my waist. <laughs> so, not playing guitar. Not just, <laughs> just a Tuesday night. Oh man. I remember one time I played uh that that uh pot bellies a sandwich shop and got like zero tips one day. I was like my <laughs> summer gig and I told you, man, I didn't get any tips today. And you're like, I had like one of my like top buttons had come unbuttoned on my shirt like accidentally. And you're like, well, how many buttons did you have undone on your shirt? <laughs> Flashing some spaghetti. <laughs> so as if to say that's what diminished the tips. So funny. All right. So this guy comes out, starts playing his acoustic guitar and has a looper pedal. Mm. Um, a looper pedal for the layman and women is, is a Joseph exactly Gordon Levitt and Bruce Willis, <laughs> and they're in, they're in a movie called Looper. Honestly, my favorite Ryan Johnson movie, better than Knives Out, in my opinion. Um, ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, so he comes out, and he's uh, is this type of guitar pedal technology is exactly what it sounds like. It loops whatever it essentially records whatever sounds are coming out of your guitar and it plays them back so that you can record more parts over it so that you can sound like you're playing with more people than just yourself. So he comes yeah. out, plays this really interesting guitar line, loops it, you know, records another thing. It is all happening live, right? Records another piece of it, loops that it starts building this song like in front of us. And it like, I had never seen anything like this in my life. Um, and I, I, knew that this technology was out there like as a guitarist myself, but it was still like a really cool thing to see live. And this place is packed and everyone's yeah. talking and in their own world. And you got people who are like, we want to see rogue wave. And you know, they're yeah. screaming and like the crowd's unruly. Like we're worried about this guy just starts like bearing his soul through this guitar. And it's like, you can tell he's going to be like a sad musician, which I love like sad song, <laughs> sad songs make me happy. Like that's my thing. Yeah. And I've never seen this before in my life, Ryan, this like unruly loud, you know, probably partially drunk crowd yeah. starts to sit down like on the ground, on the warehouse live ground, filthy, grimy, sticky, grimy, <laughs> <had> that, sticky, <laughs> super sticky. It's like movie theater ground. Like the lights I come. <laughs> yeah. It, you're only sitting on it because it's dark in there. It's the only reason. Yeah. And, I've never seen this in my life where like a crowd, like it, he starts to play and sing and it's so good that people start to just sit down and like, which if you're a musician, especially a solo act musician, there's nothing worse than a loud crowd. 
like you want it's hard to like do what you do when people are like yeah. talking about their weekend plans like in your face don't give a rip 10 feet away yes but like this and like the when people started to sit down and like listen to this guy like it, it like played into his set and it like honestly became like i think the best set i've ever seen um Whoa. i if i could play a clip of this guy's opening song i would but i don't want to get arrested so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna read the lyrics of this guy's yeah. like he's like loops these guitar parts for like 10 minutes and then like seamlessly transitions into the song this is the first and second song off his first record um ain't no use in calling up your friends ain't no use in hiding in your bed ain't no use in standing on your head because only silence can fill your loneliness then he does this like falsetta voice thing that's that's so haunting and ethereal and he's got this insane like cathedral reverb on his voice mm. that he's turning on and off as he's playing and it's it's just insane and then he goes into the second verse seven days of time to fix your head seven days of time you walk the ledge and every time you catch a sight of your reflection you can't decide if you should cry or if it's time to learn can't count how many times I've heard you say you'd give up all you got for just a day, a feeling fine, no counting lines that settled up under your eyes to fall in love, to fall in love, to fall in love. I mean, it's just guy just goes on. He's bearing his soul. Everyone is transfixed in this moment. The vocals will haunt our vocals are haunting. The acoustic guitar playing is looping. It sounds like there's a hundred acoustic guitarists in the room. It's, it's absolutely insane. I, for the only time in my life, shed a tear during this thing. I'm sitting on the ground, which like, I'm actually grateful for. We're about to do a week of a music festival and like to be able to sit down and like listen to music in like an air conditioned place. Like that never happens. Um, and it was epic. I mean, it was just this epic show of a guy I'd never heard of a musician. I'd never heard of, which I mean, you know what this is like seeing someone, a musician yeah. you heard of who's good. It's like, it's like a, and you're like wondering, of course, this is like, we didn't have, I don't think we had internet on our phones or it wasn't very popular this time. So yeah. you couldn't look up who he was or how many records he has. And like, and like come to find out he's a very new musician playing, not a new musician, but like new at touring. Yeah. And he's has one record out. So like, you're like getting in at the ground floor with this guy is like a fan. He goes yeah. by the name JBM. I knew I knew who it was the whole time. You gave me one of his records, and then I think I bought another one. Either way, I have like two or three of his LPs, Mm -hmm. and uh, he's fantastic. And we saw him a year after this, or two years after this, Mm -hmm. at this really small hole in the wall in um, the Montrose area, yeah, 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 Westheimer, like thirty people. It was so small. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, I remember that too with Sally and Andrew, I think. Yeah, he had a white, I remember he had a, a white V-neck on. He was just like super tan, great hairline. So f- <laughs> I know you want to hate this guy so much. I, it's I so funny that like you him. remember his wardrobe. I remember everything he's ever worn it. I've seen him seven times now because like he's just insanely he looks like, good looking. He looks like an actor. It's he looks like, like frustrating. A and like come yeah. to find out he was a model for a time. Uh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and that, but his and that, music is legitimately fantastic. Legitimately fantastic. And this was even like pre Boney Vare and like mm, the, the record yeah. is called Not Even in July, his first record. And come to find out, like he went to this cabin, like out, <laughs> it's like very- upstate New York, <laughs> and like wrote this record. And this was years before the Boney Vare record started yeah. circulating and that whole story started coming out. 
So, in fact, when I heard about the Bon Iver record of like, oh, yeah, he went to this cabin after a breakup and like isolated himself and wrote this record, I was like, oh, he's ripping off JBM. Of course, no one knew uh, who JBM is and like most people still don't. Um, also, you want to talk about how like culture just filters from one little microcosm to the broader ecosystem like Taylor Swift, who I don't hate or like I sure, know sure. nothing about her. I just know she exists. I know she just released an album called Folklore and Bon mm-hmm. Iver is like a producer and collaborator on it. And yep. I was like, oh, okay, so indie folk in 2010 has now officially saturated the I mainstream, know. which I, I don't resent or care about, but I'm just like observing. Oh, I resent it. Absolutely. I mean, I've I hate listened, it too, but I listened to mic, the whole so. Folklore record. It's a fine record. I actually really like Taylor Swift and uh, my wife is a huge fan of Taylor Swift. All this yeah. to say though, you're right. Like it's become a very mainstream thing. Um, you know, Bon Iver and, and Kanye had teamed up before that even True, to where yeah. it's like, you're right. It's definitely in the mainstream. Um, so at this show, back to the show, this night in Houston, we're all this crowd of like hundreds of people sitting on the ground. And then like, like he plays for 40 minutes, like a long time yeah. for an opener. And like, when you're playing alone and you're doing like cool, like acoustic guitar looping parts and really cool, like, you know, haunting vocals. It's like, you're kind of, you're kind of like transfixed in this moment. Everyone was dead silent, which I'd like yeah. never experienced in a show. Amazing. Definitely not one of my shows. Um, and rogue wave comes out at the end of this opening act and everyone stands up and they like get everyone on their feet and let's get the blood pumping. And I like, it was great. Their set was great too you know, that's who everyone came to see and everyone's dancing and having a good time. And, but I couldn't help but like think that they, it was just a, one of those rare moments where the opener just outplayed the headliner. Like, yeah, it happens. And like Rogue Wave was great and it's what we wanted and it's spring break and we want to, you know, hear like a cool indie rock band that's like kind of sold out because they had songs in the OC, but also kind of never really did sell out. (laughs) And, uh, and, and, you know, there's a lot of, kind of, uh, I guess like a hiddenness to it. That's like exciting. Um, yeah. but yeah, man, it was like one of those moments where I was like, Oh, like JBM, this JBM guy who no one knows just crushed rogue wave into the ground. And like, yeah. nobody wanted it to end, even though like there was nothing wrong with rogue wave and they did fine. And, um, so, so basically it's like, I've got to talk to this guy. Like yeah. I, need to, I need to meet and talk with this guy. And both Andrew and I, we were at the show together, felt that way. So we go up to him, we talk to him. I'm like, Oh my God, I've never heard of you. He's like, Oh, I'm from Are you New with York. I'm just Andrew in this. Just, just Andrew in this, okay. at this moment. That's going to change. You don't want to, you don't, you do, do not want a girlfriend to meet JBM. No. <laughs> God forbid. I, I did have a girlfriend at the time. It was absolutely keeping them in separate rooms at all times. This is Mr. <laughs> Steal your girl for sure. <laughs> for uh, sure. <laughs> So I buy his record, which he has with mm-hmm. him. He has like eight on vinyl. And I'm like, give me one of those. Of this is like right <laughs> when I started collecting vinyl. Uh, yeah. And he autographs it for me. I ask him to autograph it. So he you know, tears off the cellophane, autographs it. And um, I have it on my turntable literally to this day. I listened to it before awesome. the story to just mentally be there. Um, and the next day... Um, super nice guy, very, very soft-spoken again, looks like a model. So it's like just kind of hard to be around in that regard. Cause you're just comparing yourself to him the whole time. Um, but very, very kind person, brilliant songwriter. I knew like that moment, this is going to be one of my favorite like artists and he still yeah. is to this day. Um, so, you know, we go back, 
go back to campus, uh, hang out for a bit, chill, pack up. Next morning, we drive, we drive to Austin for South by Southwest. And we're staying in Luling with his parents, <clears throat> some of his high school friends, you know, I'm meeting his high school friends. Uh, some of the ones I already know, some ones I, I don't know. Um, Hota, Cruz, Trey, a little sh- some shout outs there. And essentially like that night that we get in, we go into the city, we go into Austin for South by Southwest. Trey comes with us, or I actually think we met Trey at his like girlfriend's house, picked up, picked him up, and then he okay. rolled with us. And that was the first time I'd met Trey. Trey's a Mr. Steal Your Girl too. Just like <laughs> tall, good looking, like... <laughs> Six five, just. <laughs> I did have the thought recently of like, why are all my friends just incredibly good looking people? You're so everyone. Right? Well, uh, <laughs> on the lower echelon, I've always I'll, been I'll the worst it. looking person of my friend group, and I, I, I think maybe just subconsciously I like it that way. Uh, I feel like it lifts me up. <laughs> it lifts up my spirits. <laughs> you lifts me up. <laughs> so um, we're walking the streets of Austin. I think this is this might be my first South by Southwest experience, actually. Mm. I think this is my first one. So it's really special for me because I'm like, never been to a music festival like this. Yeah. Never been. I've been to Austin, but like not this type. This is like uh, the real Austin. I feel like I'm seeing. There's people on bicycles yeah. everywhere. There's, <laughs> I mean, just so many young people. I've never seen like so many young people. You know, I went Tacos to raining from the sky. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really cool place. It's um, a great place. And the streets are incredibly crowded. It's like more crowded. Just, yeah, just chaos, just a circus of traffic. And we're, um, we're telling Trey, like Andrew and I are telling Trey, dude, we saw this. We saw rogue wave last night. One like, yeah, that's cool. Great. We love rogue wave. But also there was this opener who like, we know Trey's going to dig cause he's into the same type of music. So we're, it's like that feeling when you like, you feel like you found like treasure, it's like yeah. the best way, you know, you're 20 years old and you're still, you're stumbling into bands. It's like finding a show on Netflix that's, that you like that has like yeah. eight seasons and you're like, yeah, oh, it's, like I'm locked it's, in. It's a currency with regards to other people too. Cause you're like, ah, I get yes. to, sh- I get to walk other people through these golden gates. <laughs> What's well, the, there's a childish Gambino song where he says, your friend tells you about that band. He wants his percentage. <laughs> That's like <laughs> the exact feeling. Like you want your percentage about this, right? So, yeah. so Andrew and I are, of course, like I bring it up first. I'm like, I found this guy last night named JBM and Andrew's like, no, I found him. And you know, no, I bought the tickets and we're like arguing about it. And I kid you not, as we're walking these streets in Austin, a town four hours away, and talking with Trey about this new musician we found, I bump into someone who this was, it was this week that I think that I saw Bill Murray. I'm not hundred percent sure it's Bill Murray. So I'm <laughs> a little looser with that one, but I bump into this guy. I don't really pay much attention to it. And I, it's JBM. I That's bump insane. into JBM on the streets of Austin the next night, like 24 hours later, however many towns over from Houston cities over from you four hour drive, you know, and I were talking about him Yeah, and I'm not even kidding you. I bump into him like just, it's believable that he would be in Austin. It is extremely implausible that in this packed overcrowded, hypersaturated urban setting that you would bump into him. It, it, it is. It, and again, like I know the last story I told was just like a, like the chance count encounter of like essentially bumping into someone who knows your cousin. But like this was oh, just yeah. like an, one of those moments where it's like, 
oh my God. <laughs> like, and of course, Andrew and I freak. We're like, kiss we, his feet. We freak out to him. Yeah. Like, we're like, yeah. dude, we He's were like, literally just talking about you. And, and of course, like, we met him the night before. Yeah, he know he remembers our faces and like, but he's not as excited about it as we are. He's like, he's, <laughs> he's like, like a I'm little, maintaining our profile. Yeah, he's 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 social distancing from us pre COVID. I mean, he's yeah, he's he's like whoa 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 like, and it, we just look like crazed fans at this point because we're like I got him to sign my like vinyl record and now I'm like it looks like I'm following. Can you him. make it out to Colin? <laughs> He spelled it with a C, yeah. so you had to buy another record from him. <laughs> Make it out to my so sister. Could... Her name's Colin. <laughs> yeah. Um, Trey has left you guys. He's embarrassed. <laughs> I mean, we're all freaking out except for JBM, who's those are his initials. His name's Jesse Mercant. Um, yeah. He is. It's not Merchant. I always thought it was Merchant. It might be Merchant. Actually, you might be I don't right. No, IDK. I, I've always said Mercant. I don't know why. Um, I just thought he was too beautiful to be Merchant. I just had it's too. Different. It's too simple. <laughs> Uh, isn't this crazy though, dude? We run into him insane. on the streets. Insane. Insane. He, we we look insane. We look crazy. We're giddy. We're like, you know, super excited. He's like, hey, I'm playing this show in this like old church around the corner. And of course, like like you said, South by Southwest, very decentralized. There's like a posting of all the shows. For some reason, this one like wasn't listed. It was like well, very yeah, unofficial. very low key, unofficial. He's like kind of in the festival, but like maybe kind of not. And he's, I wish I remember the name of the church, man. We go into this old church and it is like one of the most beautiful churches I've ever been in and just looks like reminded me of the Duke chapel a little bit, like not as big of course, but like had that kind of feel huge cathedral ceilings, like Gothic architecture. I know what church this is. I've been to a concert at it during South by. Oh my. Okay. So then this is a spot. It's yeah, it's legendary. I can't remember the name, but it's it's right in the heart of downtown. So we go into this church. There's 30 people sitting yeah. in the pews. I, there's no one. And the opener for this uh, show is Drake Bell. Who is <laughs> Drake and Josh. <laughs> from Drake and Josh. Wow. <laughs> I've never thought I'd be so What's that theme song? <laughs> and... Uh, Josh was selling merch in the back. <laughs> Drake Bell from Nickelodeon fame is like randomly the opener. His set's not bad. Like I'm, he plays a lot. I'm like, this is pretty good. Like this isn't bad. And uh, JBM gets up, crushes Drake Bell. I mean, like, yeah, no just, comp. At, and at this show, JBM is seated, which he wasn't the night before. Yeah. And he has a kick drum and a hi hat. Um, in his right and left foot, respectively. And on the hi-hat, there is a tambourine clamp to it. And he's sitting yeah. playing guitar. So he's literally doing bass drum in his right foot, a little tambourine, uh, hi-hat clasp in the left foot, while playing guitar and looping guitar parts. He's playing an electric guitar this night. It was a Gibson Les Paul studio, I remember. It's like a burnt red. It's beautiful. And nice. it's even better than the night before. Literally 24 hours ago, we saw this guy. This show's even better than the yeah. night before. The loops, the falsetto, the reverb bouncing off these sloped cathedral ceilings. I mean, just just incredible. I feel like Gordon Ramsay, incredible, just incredible. Um, <laughs> it's so dry. I look over Trey, who we've been like trying to tell about this JBM guy all night. He's crying. So mm, now he's locked, now he's locked in on this guy. Drake Bell sobbing. 
<laughs> just in the back because because he knows he got beat. He, he got, got showed beat. up. He got outplayed. And of course, they you know Trey buys his records at that moment, yeah. and we talked to Jesse again afterward. It was years later that I think the next time I saw him was with you, yeah. um, back in Houston. I think he remembered you. I'm trying to remember the he interaction. He definitely did because because at that point I had he was creeped had, out. I had some more contact with him that we're not I, <laughs> there were for DMs. The, the were judge sent. will not allow me to go into. Uh, <laughs> Lawyers no, but I got did, involved. I did learn every song on his record and reached out multiple times and said, "Hey, if you ever need like I, I know yeah. every song on your record, I'm a guitarist. I gave him my record. If you ever need someone to play with, I'm there. Never, never heard from him. Well, um, it probably was because he <laughs> was not making that much money anyway, and he certainly doesn't want to split that cut. <laughs> I thought you were just gonna be like. It's probably, it might be just because you're not that good. <laughs> no. You're not any good. Not. Let me tell you about the, here, sit down, Carl. I've seen the those music. finger paintings that you bring home. <laughs> and they suck. The margins in the music industry are really slim. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah, I make a lot of tall explain boy shows, but. All right, so Trey buys his records. He, he ends up buying, I think, a vinyl and a CD. Uh, so he has he has the CD the compact outdated medium outdated medium but you can still get two outdated mediums (laughs) (laughs) but one is back one is harder than ever yeah we're driving back to Andrew's house uh, in Andrew's old Jeep which he had before the black Jeep it was like this Jeep Grand Cherokee uh, yeah man 19 2000 recalled twice recalled just 300,000 my wheels are falling off <laughs> brake pads brake pads just shot. a public I love I love this Jeep man and yeah. we're driving back to Andrew's house to to Luling to his parents house from Austin it's my first night at South by Southwest we just saw JBM the night before we just saw him again tonight literally ran into him on the streets incredible incredible chances that happening yeah. he's an amazing musician Trey pops in his record Opening song on the record is the opening song that he did both nights, so it lines up perfectly with the show. It's got the loops, yeah. it's got the you know all the stuff, but it's a, and it's a because sometimes you see a live band and they're great and the record sucks and vice versa. Sometimes the record's great and the live yeah. band sucks, but he's great on both. And Andrew's driving, Trey shotgun. I'm sitting in the back seat and I lay down. I'm looking out the window, like up at the up at the night sky. And any time that I hear this record, and pr- particularly that that mm. opening song, it's uh, it's called "Years" is the opening song, which is in the instrumental song. It just takes me back to the back seat. Like I yeah. feel like I'm laying down in a car. Yeah. And I'm 20 years old, and I'm at this first time at South by South. I mean, it's just an incredible time in life. Yeah, dude. Only uh, this is like your almost famous experience. You know what I mean? Like, like the movie. Uh, it's your kind of zeitgeist time capsule sonic yeah. transport experience. Yeah, music can do that in so many ways. But every once in a while, it's a concert. It's meeting your uh, meeting the person behind the, the songs. It's the combination of the serendipity of it all. It's friends. It's being young. It's driving yeah. with nothing to do. It's, uh, I think I don't it's know. relationships. It's like every breakup is in every song, you know, it's all you're feeling things yeah. at a higher level is like an adolescent. Yeah. I, I think we can experience important things like this. We're 30 onward. We're both 30, but, to some extent, stuff like this 
only happens when you're 20 or when you're 21 or 18. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you get these few years when your kind of love of music is so overshadowing, takes such precedence that it just like the emotion yeah. and the coincidences, it all burns so bright in a way. I don't think it can in adulthood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you still, you can't vote and then you, you still can't drink and you can't see R-rated movies. You know, there's these things that you can't do. You're not in paying bills, yeah. Yeah, that it's like, well, we can't <laughs> drink, so let's like, so like other things take bigger precedence over that or you feel like yeah. trapped in some way. And um, I don't know, man, it was just one of those nights where it's like, magic yeah it really was it was like a it was like a magical 24-hour period like you run into this musician who you're you know you're incredibly it it is it's like finding gold you know finding someone who you're gonna you know you're gonna follow for years and you run into them the next night in a different city it's crazy yeah when you listen to the music and you are kind of brought back to this are you sad are you nostalgic are you just like grateful to have had the experience are you like a cocktail of everything there's a piece of me that's sad because, I mean, I've played a lot of his songs and all these songs I'm talking about, like yeah. I've, I've played them at shows now at this point and, and learned them and, and love them. And sometimes I'll just, like the other night I just picked up my guitar and ended up playing one of his songs from his first record, just like from memory as I hadn't played the song in like five years and it's just still in the back of my head somewhere. Um, and I get a little sad because it's definitely like innocence lost, you know, like, you know, it, it may not be it may not be that good again um, or or I guess that good in that specific way again. Um, I think it can definitely be that good again. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, and for me, it's all downhill from here. Sorry. (laughs) You're fine. It's not all downhill. Yeah. It's maybe not all downhill from here, but you know, as a musician myself, you know, music major in college, we're on spring break. You have these dreams of doing stuff like this. And, you know, for me, those didn't really pan out in the way that I wanted them to. And I'm living out other dreams that I, you know, didn't know that I had at the time. And, um, but yeah, there's still a big piece of me that misses like performing, you know, on a weekly basis and playing in a band and doing all these things that I I used to do and love. And, um, it's just, you know, great shows like that. Of course, this moment running into this musician, you know, on the streets, like that's forever going to be a part of that dream and that experience of, um, of, of being a musician myself. And, um, what's, what's Michael Scott saying in the office? Like as a sale, this is like one of his serious moments. Like as a salesman, there's nothing more offensive to me than a bad salesman. And <sighs> it kind of works the other way around too. Like as a musician, there's nothing more encouraging to me than a good songwriter, um, yeah. who's doing something cool and unique. All right, so little little epilogue here. Fast forward, it's my last year at Duke. It's 2016. I find out that JBM is coming here um, to a, a little place called Local 506. Of course. In, in, in uh, Carborough, North Carolina. It's also, it's also Chapel Hill. It's the same kind of town. They, the towns are border each other. And this specific place literally has a, a zip code for both. Strange also, I'm also realizing now that I've actually... <laughs> I've played this stage too. Um, I played local five Oh six, uh, out here. Maybe it's a, it's he's following way. you. <laughs> JBM's Could be following it. me. Maybe? <laughs> he's uh, obsessed with you. Wow. That's even kind of a weirder connection now that I'm making. She kind of have shared these stages, except I did. I'd never played the church. I wish I could have. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, you play the church every Sunday. <laughs> and so this 
buddy that I played music with actually at local 506. We're in divinity school together. Uh, his name's Rhett. I tell him like, Hey, there's this guy, JB. And he, I don't tell him any of the story. He doesn't know any of my background with, with Jesse. I'm just like, Hey, you know, he's coming and we should go check him out. And we go to local 506, really small venue. I know it's going to be an intimate thing. And again, man, he doesn't tell anyone to sit down. People just sit down. Like it happened again in North Carolina now. Like all these Man. years later, it's like a six years weird. later. Yeah, he does. Moses. He does the looper pedal thing, and like people just start sitting down, and like it's like hypnosis. Ah, uh, yeah, and it's like <laughs> the looper's going, and the the you know super washed out reverb vocals, and I'm like, this he's still got it. Like he's doing yeah. it he, at this point. He has two records out, and Rhett like leans over to me during. He's like, "This is the best show I've. This is the best show I've ever seen." <laughs> he tells me this. Yeah. There's nine people there this night. Oh my gosh. I mean, it went from like hundreds of people in Warehouse Live in the first show to, you know, 30 people in the church the next night to like now, six years later, nine people showed up for this guy. And like my yeah. heart, my heart is breaking for that because he's, he's on tour and he doesn't have an opener. He's just kind of a bold move, just doing like a one man tour, no opener. Yeah. And like, uh, and he came back two years after that. He still came back and there wasn't that many. Are you saying people. what up after the show? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He remembers me. Just as, no creep, way. Just as creeped out now as ever. <laughs> did he really Dude, remember you, you in, you in 16? I, he did, He remembered that I ran into him the night after. Like it was locked in his memory too. And so I guess you've now met him like four or five times. I've so. seen him seven times and I've talked to him every time. Okay. And, so and yeah, you, you don't. I'm sure that doesn't happen. Very yeah. He's often, not going to so. look at me and be like, Oh, Colin bear from, you know, but he, he'll be like, Oh, Hey, what's going on, man, dude. And I always say like, like, Oh, I'm the guy that he's like, yeah, you're the guy that ran into me in Austin. I remember he always tells dude, me he remembers. You got to at him, follow him on IG, like tag him in this episode. We got to get a response out of this guy. <laughs> maybe I do. Crowdfund um, me. May, maybe there's a lot of the Robbie C episode. Oh, shouldn't have said his name. Might have to edit that out. Maybe I there's think. a lot of uh, of that kind of worked into this. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um. Anyway, man, kind of a sad little epilogue there to the night. But still, I mean, not, not nine sad. people's lives changed that night. I wouldn't say sad. I mean, small smaller town than Houston for sure. Um, how did you? I'm curious. How because the way I thought about musicians and bands that I really liked when I was twenty was almost like I, idolatry. Like mm-hmm. I, I thought they were superhuman. I thought yeah. what they were doing was so far from anything I could ever do. Mm-hmm. And not that I've done anything close to what say Death Cab has done, but when you like write your first song, it's sort of demystified. Like, okay, I do see how songs are written and a band with a following grows that following with the help of a label, et cetera, et cetera. My point is my view towards some of my idols has changed over time. Say from 2010 to 2018, when you mm-hmm. saw JBM, how, how did your, let's use him as like a case study. How did your view of him as an artist as this like distant almost like mythical figure uh <laughs> change or evolve or did it not yeah no i mean to i mean to be honest it definitely was like i expected there to be more people because i when i saw him and and heard him play and and remember just that whole experience and feeling of everyone kind of collectively sitting down i i thought like oh this guy's going to be huge yeah. And he's just not, 
he just never became Boney Vare. He for whatever reason, you know, he he's had some like definitely some success. He's still touring. He's he's making yeah. a living doing it, but he never even got to the Rogue Wave status. Right. You know, he never even he never took off. And so there's a part of me that's like sad for him and was like a little bit more sad at that point because it was kind of like, oh, like this guy has been the same since. Yeah. 2010 but i've changed like i've grown yeah. up and i've walked away from things and and so maybe i'm i thought maybe he was like a bigger deal than he was then and and now so i kind of think like oh maybe, maybe we're feeling the same way but it's like no this guy's been grinding and knows exactly yeah. what he's been doing i'm the one who's yeah. you know my perspective has changed and so i was yeah i kind of left thinking like why would i be sad for this guy like yeah he played a great show and he played it to nine people which i've done count i've done that 25 times when you go in i've yeah. played shows where literally two people showed up and you're like Same. and the and there's three bands lined up and still mm. two people show and you end up just playing the show to each other <laughs> to the other bands yeah i've done to the that other before bands, yeah and it's like yeah feels like an incredible failure and then also ends up being a really great night a lot of the time. Yeah. And then sometimes it's not, sometimes it just feels like a failure, but yeah. Yeah. I think that would be, uh, I don't know, man, but yeah, I, I still definitely have that. Uh, I guess that, uh, uh, that, that mythical feeling towards him and musicians. Indie folkloric distant figure. Anyone's going to live out of a van and just <laughs> literally tour year round like you yeah. he's a road warrior you know a lot of these musicians are you also grow up between 20 and 30 and when i was 20 like again i would have slayed a dragon to go on tour mm-hmm. with a band and now that i'm 30 and i'm actually like in a band that was playing shows pre-covid i don't think i would go on tour I'm like that sounds <laughs> miserable that sounds absolutely terrible yeah um like you kind of like lose some of the romance around a lot of the ideas around playing music mm-hmm. um but then also whatever whatever remains uh you know fondly regarded is only more you know more authentic in that regards like just the merits of being able to play a show for any human being so yeah. i don't know um this was a fantastic story i honestly thought <laughs> i uh, didn't see the epilogue coming and I thought the story originally was you just telling me that you went to this great show at Warehouse Live. And I was like, I was going to like prod you along. I was like, yo, didn't you actually meet him too? But then uh, I'm glad that ended up being the story. I was like, I'm going to have to coach Colin on this latent story that is so obvious. I just Um, leave out the best part. Yeah, I didn't know all this. I think I had heard bits and pieces over the years, Mm -hmm. but I I certainly didn't know this like thread that was coursing through it all. this is a really special story. And I think it's one we all can relate to. We all probably have a JBM and we certainly all love music. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of us love Taylor Swift's new album folklore. So um, <laughs> that's a decision. I thank, Well, I, I appreciate that, man. And I, I feel like for me, I listened to the, his records in the summer a lot, probably for yeah. this reason, but it kind of hit July. Not, yeah. Not so. even in July, but they're all like, they sound, they all sound like winter, which I love. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he it kind of hit me hard though. Like preparing for the story, thinking about it because like all of this stuff is paused right now. Like Yeah. Like I'm thinking about all the 20-year-olds right now. You know, I work with young adults, all the college students who like aren't going to shows right now, and we right. know that like guitar-driven music is dying. We know it's like right. a lost art. Say, and like what what was getting commercials 
in 2010, like the indie bands that were mm-hmm. getting corporate deals to be in like, like Matt and Kim were in like a Honda commercial. Like that's not happening in 2020. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. So like one thing like I've been trying to do in this season is like go to my favorite artists websites and like when they do mm-hmm. live shows, like show up to them and yeah. like, I'm like buying their records right now. I'm trying to like buy their vinyl and stuff and not just listening to their stuff on Spotify or Apple music, but like, you know, yeah. buying a t-shirt or every now, you know, I just pre-ordered David Ramirez record and it came in the mail and I paid extra to get like the whole package with it, you know, the t-shirt and everything. Do I want an extra t-shirt? Not really, but <laughs> it's more money in his pocket. So I don't know. Yeah. I guess support your, support your indie musicians right now because they're not, they're not making money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, dude. I think about, <laughs> this is the stupidest example, but like, I used to view tipping as like a burden and <laughs> hey, if I could get out of tipping, great. But like during COVID, I also have it also has kind of prodded me to be, you know, marginally more generous or at least just be like all right, this is you know, I I'm so grateful anyone would even work at a coffee shop or a grocery store or deliver me food mm-hmm. during a pandemic. I'm like I have so much respect for anyone who would like literally put their life on the line for that. So it's like to the extent that I, anyone can go out of their way to, to support anyone during this time, I would encourage it and I could, should do it more. So anyway, that was a weird aside, but, um, it was a really like sweet story. I don't use that word often enough sweet, um, or often inauthentically enough, but I really do mean it. This is like a really sweet story. Thanks man. I appreciate it. Well, Fans, send us your music stories. If you met any musicians, any weird interactions, Mm. encounters, let us know. And I will, I'll post some, uh, I got some photos of Andrew and I on this trip, uh, as well as uh, a picture of this. um, I don't think I have any photos of me with Jesse, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, The court ordered again not to do it. (laughs) (laughs) We had to, we had to, uh, those are sealed and under lock. I will post a photo of this beautiful human being though, and you'll all understand what, who I'm talking about here. So, yeah. Awesome. Bar All right. Guys. So Thanks th- for listening. And I guess Ooh. what next week, right? We're or a couple weeks. Yeah. We're doing uh, a joint story. I'm glad I didn't sign off there. That's, that's exactly I right. I almost heard be- the AC Slater. I heard it coming. <laughs> <laughs> and what a great sign off that is. First off. Um, yeah. Without giving too much away, we are winding down season three with a double feature. Ooh. Uh, double two for one joint story Just episode a- seven and eight will be told by both Colin and I. It's uh, a week in our lives that we spent together. Yeah. Do we want to re- say anything about it or just leave it, mm. leave it up to mystery? It was, a, it was a week in a summer. It was a summer vacation that we took. Together. Yeah. There's some, there's some <laughs> fear. There's some, it's, there's some vine. It's got there's fear. Some, it's got, Anxiety. It's got love. It's, got, it's a love story. Not between us, be- but <laughs> never. No. It's got beaches. It's got um, beaches. It's got love and pain oh, and mercy. It's and, a great uh, summer story sharks. to close out. <laughs> yeah. No <laughs> sharks. The okay. Well, there's sharks if it gets you to listen. Okay. <laughs> All right, AC Slater, guys. <laughs> That's my line. That's my line. Stole my All line. Right. <laughs> All right, Zach Morris. Bye. <laughs> All right, bye. Nine p.m. With street lights, it's never too late to readjust your seat. Sit back and think right, you never can trust on coming headlights. 
Need me. 